Protests calling for racial justice have been continuing for two weeks now, both in Louisville and around the country. This has to be a significant moment we're watching in history. I hope it is. We'll talk about it next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Shay Van Hoy. Hey, everybody. And Brooke Timmons. Hi there. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. We did take a break last week because we had some technical difficulties. But in hindsight, staying quiet for a week and actually listening to what protesters had to say wasn't such a bad thing either. Normally, I start each show with an easy question which I jokingly refer to as a difficult question. But given the seriousness of the situation these past few weeks, I'm going to skip that. And we'll just go right into difficult questions this week. I would imagine that most people in the know have been following what's happening with the racial justice protests that have been going on. Locally, there's calls for justice for Breonna Taylor, who was killed by Louisville Metro Police in March. And David McAtee, who was killed by National Guard at his restaurant last week. Elsewhere in the nation, there's calls for justice for George Floyd, who was killed by police in Minnesota in May. Americans are fed up with police killings of African Americans, such as in these cases. So, guys, just to get us started, how big of a moment do you believe this is in American history? Um, I think this is a huge moment. Um, Mm -hmm. Not one that that we're not unfamiliar with. We've had, you know in the sixties and um, other times. And I think that at this moment we need to really move forward and use the momentum that we have gained in the last couple of weeks to really um, make some actual change and like real right. change. I see all that's happening out there and I'm like, surely, surely we can't go back uh, and do things the way we always have. But then again, I, you know, I was around when, uh, Rodney King, uh, when he was beat by police and that caused a national outrage too. And, uh, and, and some of these other moments like Ferguson and that, those, you know, that caused national right. outrage. So I'm just like, please let this be the moment that we like, I'm sure it's going to take a, you can't just flip a switch and solve a problem, but you know, can we please, uh, address, well, you know, some of the underlying things that are, that, and I know, think that it, 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 it really depends on all of us, you know, each one of us who are who are listening to this podcast today, you know, um, finding a book to read to really understand um, some of some of the privilege uh, that that is out there. And to, you know, everyone always talk talks about, you know, when you're growing up, I want to change the world. And I want to have a piece of that. Well, now is your chance. Now's your chance to have that moment to change the world. Um, and it starts by reading, learning, understanding, and speaking up. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think there's kind of two sides to it. And it's, you know, change as far as you know, the systemic issues that that cause this division and, and inequality, such as, you know, access to healthcare or education or good jobs, um, which, you know, there's a very obvious divide in Louisville with that. And then there's also the police reform side of things, which has kind of been the latest mm-hmm. real push. Um, you know, there's systemic problems there too, from, you know, even looking at just, you know, people are, are very upset in Louisville about how the police officers have, you know, 
uh, involved in the uh, Breonna Taylor killing have not been fired, but there's many layers right. to that where, um, you know, there's also something that hasn't been talked about is what role the union plays in that. Um, yeah. You know, and, and protecting, you know, protecting officers, there are valid reasons to have a union, but sometimes maybe uh, the union shouldn't have power over those type of decisions. You know, you could uh, obviously unions could advocate for good pay and good working conditions, but should they really have a say in these sort of disciplinary uh, situations? So, uh, you know, I think there's kind of this social reform and then the, the policing reform that needs to happen. So, yeah. And I've sat in on uh, union negotiations before, not in Louisville, but in other cities uh, such as Jeffersonville. And, you know, I wonder if um, the negotiation, you know, the negotiating side for the the city is doing an, a good enough job to say, hey, no, we need to have the uh, the uh, ability to take disciplinary action when we can, rather than, uh, you know, letting uh, letting the, the union have as much saying that maybe there's some trade off going on between pay raises and something like that when really they uh you know the the bigger deal should be uh you know for them to for the the administration to have the authority to you know fire people if they need to fire them and that's been a huge right. sticking point in this case uh right i th um, i think though you've seen um things that are sort of window dressing in a way but also super important uh, like the Castleman statue finally coming down or, yeah. right. um, or just yesterday, I mean, NASCAR banning Confederate flags from, uh, from NASCAR races, which, um, you know, I've even seen, I've seen people react on social media, um, in a more like, this is a bigger, this is a fair, this is a fairly big deal, uh, you know, for, and so those things are not the same as equal access to healthcare or education, but they're very right. symbolic and they've just been you know, people have turned their eyes or turned their head to him for, for years. Um, and you can look across races too. And there's still, you know, there's still a professional sports team called the Washington Redskins, which is ridiculous. So, mm -hmm. right. um, you know, and, and, but, but until something happens then people are like, Oh yeah, maybe that's not such a good idea. Um, you know, and, and these sort of symbols change and then hopefully change people's uh, thinking, uh, you know, bigger picture thinking on race issues. Two things on that. I have a Cleveland Indian shirt that I bought years ago when I went to Cleveland, and I, you know, I used to buy shirts at every baseball stadium. And I'm afraid I just don't want to wear it. Like I don't want people yeah. to think I'm some kind of racist, so I don't wear that shirt. <laughs> um, and uh, it might and be no, time no to retire. To the Indians, uh, you know, uh, the, as an organization, you know, I think you know, in, in Cleveland, it's like at, Cleveland's a you know, probably a progressive city when you get to the urban core and, and uh, it's like, maybe it's time to get rid of that name. Uh, and uh, I had a, another point uh, you were making there, but uh, it, it escaped me. <laughs> so I guess I I'll, just, I'll move on. You might, uh, David, remember, I, you might've, when David and I previously worked together at the News and Tribune in Southern Indiana, and, um, I went to, I heard a speaker who spoke about the uh, who was a, na a Native American who spoke about the Washington Redskins name and how it was offensive to him. It was actually a Society of Professional Journalists event. And uh, so I ended up writing a column about how Bo Borden, Indiana, they're the Braves. That's their nickname. And they used to be mm -hmm. the Berries and they changed it to the Braves. Uh, and I wrote a column that urging Borden to change their name and people in Borden lost their mind. Like, you know, yeah, saying. Yeah. <laughs> that I think I, was, I do remember that. Yeah. It's just like it. But I mean, you know, people sometimes it's just people not even thinking about the background of what these, mm -hmm. you know, symbols and names mean. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, let's see. So I guess, you know, obviously business first. We don't have a crime reporter. We're not uh, covering um, the police angle as much. We don't cover LMPD as much as, say, the Courier Journal or the TV stations. But we feel like we do have a role in covering this. And Shay, I'll kind of let you explain that uh, as well. Yeah, last week, our cover story we shifted on Tuesday. We we go to press on Wednesday. So in about 36 hours, we pull together um, cover story idea and completion uh, that Brooke designed on just hearing from local leaders, um, black, white. Um, sent out, I sent out about probably 50 emails to people in town asking, you know, how we move forward from this. Um, so I think that kind of... Uh, encapsulates our role in this is fostering and furthering community discussion by people who are influential and who can make, you know, make change. Mm-hmm. The business community obviously is a huge driver of getting things done if they want to. Right. Um, and so we'll see how much the, the business community wants to. Um, and, you know, I think it's our role to, to push that and, and hold people, you know, accountable for what they say they're going to do. Um, Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, di- you didn't see our reporters or our photographer out at the actual protests. Um, you know, that's not our role. Um, the Courier and TV and public radio, uh, public media did a you know, very good job of that. If you wanted that coverage, there were many places you could find it. So, um, yeah, but our, our role, I think, is, uh, you know, with having an influential readership, uh, we have access to those people. Uh, yeah. Using them to to kind of hopefully foster some actual change, which is what we were just talking about before. Yeah. I think you absolutely need the buy-in from that group, you know, the, the business owners and, and yeah. people that, that can yeah. uh, bring about some of this change. They're very influential. They can uh, help uh, influence policy and that sort of thing. And um, hopefully that's what we see come out of this. Um, yeah. Well, we had a follow-up story um, from last week that Sarah Shadwin wrote that, uh, at Tawana Bain, um, who's a black business owner in town, held a, uh, web, a virtual forum, uh, you know, how it was, it was aimed at women, you know, how can women um, speak up and help foster this change? And there was a great quote from her that she's like, it's going to take white women getting angry. Um, yeah. Honestly, uh, you know, the, the black leaders can't do this on their own or they would have done it mm-hmm. by now. They need, yeah. they need uh, you know, the white voices to speak up and vote. Um, well, and, yeah. o- over and over again, over the past few weeks, you know, I've been really trying to read and listen and learn and watch things on Instagram and whatever. And black people are tired. So like yeah. white people, we really have to step up and, and yeah. really jump into this um, to, to make a difference. So yeah. There was a great quote from uh, Nikki Jackson, head of the St. Louis Fed here in Louisville. And uh, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it, it went something to the effect of black people didn't create re- re- racism and they're not going to be able to solve it by themselves. So they need like white exactly. people to buy into like, OK, it's time to stop this. Enough is enough. Uh, and uh, and kind of move it forward. So um, I love hearing those kind of quotes. Um, speaking of which, Shay, you referenced the cover story a minute ago. Uh, we got a lot of different, uh, I guess, yeah, how many people did you reach out to for that story to, Pro- to get insight on this? Probably about 50, and I got probably I think 80. I, I think I had, 80. We have 38 responses online. Um, yeah, okay, 38. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So uh, a lot of different voices there from a lot of different sectors, I would imagine, um, you know, different, uh, different walks of life, different uh, industries and that sort of thing. So, um, so it's good to have that kind of well-rounded, uh, all those different voices in, in this, because it's, uh, you know, it's just a big conversation. And I've heard a lot of people say it's uncomfortable, but we need to have it anyway. And like, yeah, it is. I mean, it's difficult to talk about this stuff. Um, you know, kind of at the beginning of this, I remember reading some quote that said what a lot of white people don't even acknowledge that racism exists. And, uh, and, you know, and I, I can't believe, I mean, I would hope that's not the case, but, but it probably is, I guess. Um, have you been on, so I'm have hoping... you been on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you been on Facebook? <laughs> I try to avoid Facebook, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's it's uncomfortable to talk about these things but uh just to you know just to acknowledge that racism is there and, and it's influencing things like hiring and, and police policy and that sort of thing like surely people are waking up to that now like, I, I i so hope so because uh it's just um you know I, I i would hate for nothing to come out of of all these tragedies that we've had in america you know in the right. last in the last forever but uh, here in the last couple of months with Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, uh, Maude Aubrey down in Georgia. Um, I would hate for, I mean, surely something can come of this. Um, can, can I read, um, some, some words speaking of uncomfortable and, um, from our cover story, um, Hannah Drake, who is the culture, cultural strategist at ideas X lab. Um, yeah. part of her words that we, we printed in the print edition were, if we want to move forward, we do not get there by burying the ugly truths. We move forward by uncovering those parts about America that we don't want to face. Yeah. Um, and she also goes on to say that self-reflection is never easy, but that's where it starts. So, you know, I think that we kind of have to come to terms with the fact that we've been turning a blind eye to this, um, in many aspects of our lives and, and, um, and our culture. And that uh, we need to understand that and then move forward, you know? I think so. And now's the time to reexamine that stuff, you know, reexamine whether you've been doing things right. Um, that, that would, because uh, this, that would, go ahead. Go sorry. On. I would say, I was just going to say, if, if you haven't, uh, <laughs> hey, the, the uh, beauty of virtual, uh, virtual podcasting, right? <laughs> So um, yep. I would just challenge anyone who hasn't read anything or heard Anna speak. Um, she's amazing um, at putting together words in a powerful and way that makes you think and moves you. Um, so um, beyond what she said in the uh, for us in print, um, she's mm -hmm. very, very insightful and um, and uh, on on the, on this topic and other topics. Yeah, um, I saw someone say. Um, on Instagram, you heard about what happened with Omni, with the resident who was throwing ice at the protesters, right? Right. Yeah, yeah I heard about that. Basically, someone way up in the upper floors of Omni, the resident there, um, had thrown ice uh, at a group of protesters. I mean, big chunks of ice, I'm sure it would have hurt if they were hit. Um, and uh, and I read some posts on Instagram. I forget who it was. I think it was a local media personality, but I'm sorry, it's escaping me who wrote it. But at the very end of uh, his uh, his his comments, he said, "Catch this wave." And I thought that was a good analogy. Like this has been something that's that's been going on in America for years, and a lot of people have turned a blind eye 
well, here, now's a good time. <laughs> Catch this wave, you know, like, yeah. um, now's the time to get on this uh, and, and reexamine how you're doing things and, um, and you know, how you, how you can be better, how your organization can be better. And that's, that's what we've been doing uh, for ourselves and, and for business first, too. Um, let's see here. Now I had a list of questions, but we've just been talking. So I've, I've lost my place. <laughs> um, let's see. So what, what do you guys think of the corporate response to this? Um, it's been varied in a lot of different ways. Um, Shay, you mentioned, uh, uh, some of the statements that have been coming out. Um, uh, I think a Humana, they, they've, they've responded by, uh, saying they're going to invest in the, uh, uh, the West End um, sports facility, which is like a track and field facility that's expected to create a lot of economic development in that area. And uh, they've also, you know, a lot of companies have put out statements like we stand with our uh, black employees. So is that something that, um, I mean, is it, I hate to say lip service. Do you, do you feel like that's a positive part of this or is that more just window dressing like you had mentioned earlier, Shay? Um, I'll, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, you know, I I saw some, res, you know, the response to Humana, it's giving $11.5 million to West End causes. Most of that's going to the West End Sports Complex to help get that completed, which, you know, the kind of the thinking is that will not only help with economic development, but also health outcomes in the West End um, as a place for exercise and training and youth sports. Um, and I heard, saw some blowback saying, you know, oh, this is just Humana making up for their guilt. And, you know, I don't think that sort of attitude helps either. Um, you, you have to that sounds so like Facebook. <laughs> uh, I think it was Twitter, so close. But I, okay. but I mean, I think that that, like, you know, you have to start somewhere. And right. um, so kind of shaming people for trying to do the right thing, uh, I, I don't think gets us anywhere. Um, you know, I, I guess it's seeing if they're in it for the long haul. That's kind of the key, you know. Um, yeah. It, it's, it is it's more than just I putting out agree. a statement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Does Humana, you know, Back it up I'm just something. singling out. Yeah, I'm not, you know, just to single out Humana, they're not the only ones, but like, do they stick with this and see it through? Um, you know, UPS has put out some, uh, you know, some uh, some press releases lately about what they're doing. Um, but but I think it, you know, just the messaging is good. I, I was watching the major league baseball draft last night and all the gms um you know they're obviously drafting from their own houses and stuff uh, virtually but they all yeah. had um black lives matter signs in their um in their offices so um which you know that's still while it's a very powerful and meaningful statement you know you you still get people fighting back at that so um mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i think it you know it's it is positive on the messaging and and but but you know, I guess we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see a year and five years down the road um, if yeah. it is really an investment or if it was just a let's throw some money at the problem. Yeah, I think right. people take a cynical approach to it and they think, oh, it's just a corporation throwing up a statement or whatever. But in a humanist case, it's eleven million dollars, and that's not nothing. Um, in some cases, it has just been a statement rather than a financial commitment. Uh, but I also want to say, I, you know, I mean, for people who are cynical and and say it's just a statement. These companies today are different than they were 20 years ago or even 10 years ago because the people who are running the, the social media campaigns, um, 
they're you know they're they're obviously they, they reach to a younger audience and and they want those uh, young people who I think believe or have a stronger desire to invest in companies that are uh, doing socially good things. Uh, so I think that is um, a big part of it too. Just having that, it's not just a statement and you're right. I mean, you, you got to follow up and make sure that change actually occurs and they're actually doing things right now, actually change their hiring policies or whatever it may be. But um but, you know, I think it is a, a step in the right direction. And I remember what I was going to say earlier. Uh, it was about NASCAR. You, you went and talked about the MLB and NASCAR banning uh, the uh, Confederate flag. I think that is a big deal. Um, man, like I went to Florida last year and I drove there and like the Confederate flag just isn't in my world. Like no, uh, none of my friends or family or or anyone I know fly that flag and it's not hanging up, you know, in, in Louisville, you don't see it because, you know, we're right. a progressive city. But when you go to Georgia, <laughs> there's a stretch of on the Florida Georgia line that it's, there are just flagpoles with that hanging uh, all the way down the interstate. And and it's like, it's kind of shocking when I see it. And, yeah. and you know, you see it on uh, license plates and stuff. And it's, it's kind of shocking. It's like, Oh my God, they just, they still fly that down here. So the fact that NASCAR is, uh, you know, changing that policy, I think that's a, good, a big thing, yeah. um, you know, that they, that they would do that. <laughs> Shame they had to, I, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I will say, I, I, I mean, I see the Confederate flag in Louisville. I, I, I see mean, it on yeah, I mean, you trucks see it, or um, it's not as prevalent, of course, but I mean, I see, yeah. I do. Um, I have, I have. There probably, was a restaurant know, that flew it, right? Um, What's the place? Oh, yeah. Um, it's down by it's down in J Town. Yeah, I remember someone telling me about that. Scooters. They took it down. Took it down. Yeah. They took it down. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that don't was know before how Scooters is doing. That, that was before yeah, that, any. Uh, that was before yeah. COVID. Even, so. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that that came up for them. Um, anyway, oh gosh, I just navigated away from the script. So now well, I'm even more off. Let, let me go on. Brooke. Can, can we go back to, um, you were talking about like, um, companies making statements and whatever. And I think yeah, that that's yeah, a really yeah. great, I think that's a really great start. Um, because you're starting the conversation and you're, you know, you're, you're speaking up and the silence is not there. Um, but, and, and you've also quoted, um, uh, Nikki, oh, uh, her Nikki linear, oh, linear. Uh, yeah. linear, yeah, yeah, Nikki she linear Nikki um, earlier, and um, you know, you talked about hiring practices and companies, and that is one portion of it. It's like this, this kind of like a pie. You need to look at it like a pie, and there's all these different elements that kind of fit mm -hmm. into all of this change, and um, you know talking about um, more, she says, more than focusing on hiring and promoting and advancing um, and supporting min minorities in your workplace, you need to. Um, unearth the blatant biases that are in the workplace. So, you know, that's another piece of the pie. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, th that we need to talk about and focus and, and, and encourage businesses to look at. Mm -hmm. um, Edward Lee, the local chef here in town, had a big idea on how to help the uh, West End community. Um, Shay, can you talk a little bit about that? No, Haley wrote the story, Haley Cawthon, but uh, you had looked at, you had edited that one. So, um, what, what's he working on? Yeah, so um, he owns several restaurants in town, obviously, and is kind of nationally known. And 
he has decided he to owns 16 uh, magnolia and milkwood yeah, yeah and whisk and whiskey dry whiskey dry um, and whiskey dry yes. yeah he uh so milkwood is um an upscale restaurant and actors theater uh that's in kind of the lower level uh on main street and uh chef lee decided to close down that restaurant or not reopen it i guess after coronavirus um and instead has turned um, we'll turn the kitchen there um, with the support of Actors Theater and several other organizations are involved in this um, into a kitchen that will make meals um, three, three days a week for uh, 100 meals a day for West End residents um, who might be food insecure. Um, and then they'll distribute those to several sites that um, people can pick them up. There's some in the West End. There's some there's one in Shelby Park or Smoketown. Um, so, uh, you know, and he's gotten a, there was amazing positive response on social media. Um, you know, people, some people are like, oh, I'm sad, I'm gonna miss, miss Milkwood, but you know, this is a fantastic idea. Actually mm -hmm. action, right? I think that's what people are looking for right. is what are you doing? And you know, he has, um, you know, along with founding the Lee Initiative, which has pivoted to help restaurant owners during coronavirus um, and, um, you know, is doing work not only in Louisville, but across the country now. Um, you know, I think maybe, you know, we're gonna, <laughs> 15, 20, 30 years from now, you know, I think this might be his legacy rather than just simply the, you know, the restaurants that he's opened uh, here and in D.C. Uh, so, um, yeah, he's putting putting uh, his his talents to action and um, going to start rolling out meals for for people uh, in the West End. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and think it's that's a, great. Should, yeah, and it's an, in honor of David McAtee, I should say. That's it's named after yeah. him. The the initiative yeah. that's taken over Milkwood, mm -hmm. which is uh, very appropriate considering he was a restaurant owner. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think Edward Lee really knows how to give back. So um, so he's really setting a strong example there. Um, so one thing that came out this week is um, Governor Bashir is calling for one hundred percent coverage for the state's black population. What are your thoughts on that idea? That's gotten a lot of attention. I think a lot of people tuned into that story. Uh, Shay, I'll start with you on that one. Yeah, so uh, Governor Bashir mentioned that he wants full health coverage for all Black uh, Kentuckians. Um, and I think it's with the disparity in health access to health care and health outcomes. Right. Uh, I think it's a you know it was a great statement um, that you know the governor takes this issue very seriously there's a way that he thinks he can help improve uh those outcomes and thus lessen the kind of gap between um blacks and whites in the state uh you know also he ran on a platform one of his major things was uh you know healthcare for all in the state uh which mm -hmm. his father had kind of started down that path got reversed by uh, in part by matt bevan um, and, I, you know, I also think that the governor, I don't know, I'm not inside his head, but I think he also sees this as an opportunity um, that that uh, people in Kentucky will uh, an idea that people in Kentucky will support. Um, and it's a way to kind of further that health care, you know, access to health care for all Kentucky, yeah, black or white. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's right. I think it's a Which step in the right direction. Too, right. And I think, you know, this is a he saw this as a way to do the right thing, but also, you know, in my opinion, kind of further that um, goal of his, um, you know, as yeah. he goes through his, his first, uh, his f four years, maybe his first four years. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a slightly different approach on it. 
I would have loved to have him, if he's going to make a, a statement like that, tell us how he's going to do it. Like, what's the plan? Because I'm afraid he's just going to say that and then nothing's going to happen. Like, and, you know, I, I'd say companies, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But with with a government official, they have the power to change things. Like, uh, so right. I want to see, like, what's your plan? Like, how are you going to do that? Because I think like like he does, I think that's a very important thing to do. Uh, and I think he has influence to do it. Now, I know he would have to get the legislature on on the same bandwagon so he can't just roll it out. But um, but yeah, I like I kind of want to um, hold his well, feet to the fire a little bit. I was going to say, say exactly. hey, I mean, isn't that isn't that our role? You know, we ask the questions. We have to yeah. ask the tough questions. And um, now's the time to say, OK, you've rolled this out. How is it going to happen? Yeah, don't just throw out a big idea and then like have absolutely no way to, to make it happen. Um, and I'm, I'm, when I heard it, I was like, that's awesome. Wouldn't it be awesome if Kentucky does something bold? I actually said that like in our, uh, chat, uh, that we have, you know, ongoing all day cause, uh, cause we work in separate, uh, buildings. But, um, I said that because Kentucky's never at the forefront when it comes to doing something, uh, uh, bold and innovative. And I was like, wow, what if he's got this big plan and he's going to roll it out? And then it turns out all it was was a pledge. And I was disappointed in that. And I was like, why are you going to throw out that big idea and, and not have, you know, uh, give me like five bullet points on how you're going to do that. And, and like, basically he said it, no one really asked about it. There was, you know, reporters in the room. I don't think it was asked about, I, I wasn't watching the press conference, so I won't say that no one asked about it, but I don't think it was. At least it didn't get a lot of detail. Uh, and then over the next couple of days, you know, he was asked about it more. And he's he's given a few things, but he still doesn't have any specifics on how to do it. So I really want that idea fleshed out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and he said uh, in some of his comments uh, that really COVID-19 and the coronavirus exposed kind of this I mean, we didn't really expose it because I would think that we all kind of knew it. But uh, the black population's access to health care is is definitely limited. And uh, that played out in the coronavirus numbers where uh, uh, black people had a higher death rate uh, than white people um, when it came to coronavirus. Because, they, you know, people with health insurance are going to go to a hospital and, and get treated and get on a ventilator and get the care they need, uh, whereas people who don't have health insurance aren't because they can't afford it, or they're just not as or even access in their area, to right? Healthcare. Yeah, right. I mean, there's hospitals downtown, and you know, uh, for someone who doesn't have a car or something, right? You know, that's that's miles away if you live in the uh, you know the far part of the West End. So, uh, uh, so, um, so that's a, a big factor in all this too. So. I don't know. He's he's made a grand pledge. He's said healthcare is a is a right. Uh, everyone has a basic right to healthcare, which is you know part of the larger national discussion on universal single payer healthcare. Uh, you know Bernie Sanders, uh, you know his Medicare for all plan um, had had kind of uh, leaned into that. So uh, so he kind of made that statement, but then he didn't back it up. And I would have loved to have, like show me some ideas on this. It's definitely something to look out for in, you know, the coming weeks and months uh, to make sure he does uh, 
lay some of those lay the groundwork for that project to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. And I know he would he would need the legislature to sign off too. Um that's it, I think. Is there anything else you guys want to add? Yep. No, the uh the only thing that I was thinking was, you know, the uh going back to Facebook and just the means that's used by people to uh you know to kind of spread hate or spread racism you know early along in coronavirus that was one of the issues were uh, uh, through racial lines was that uh i believe that you know some groups were using facebook to spread the false <laughs> the false rumor that black people could not get coronavirus and so i remember seeing that too yeah and so you know even to that extreme uh, you know, people would go to to harm people. Um, it's just, it's great. And, and then, you know, how do you, so when it's that deep rooted, you know, it, it, it definitely will take um, voices of all races to, to kind of shout that down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, that's our discussion. Um, I think before we go around the room, we'll we'll do the usual. Uh, let you guys share your social media handles so you can uh, find us on uh, Twitter and, and Instagram and where have you. Uh, Brooke, I'll start with you. So you can find me on Twitter at, at @bfbluebrooke. Um, I don't do a ton of tweeting, and I say that every week. But you can find me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm more active on Instagram at at @bTimmons26. Um, so. I uh, post recipes and some other fun stuff, uh, lots of fun stories about my dog. Um, so <laughs> there's that. But I do kind of want to leave everybody with a challenge um, with the words that Stacy Wade, um, that we interviewed him uh, uh, last week. Um, he said, now is the time to be intentional. So mm -hmm. if everyone could, 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 you know, find a way in this next week to be intentional um, for change. Um, and then the week after that, and the week after that, just build on it. So yeah. Um, yeah, so that's me. Thank you. Good advice, Stacy Wade. And uh, uh, Shay, how about you? Yeah, primarily um, for social media, I use Twitter. I'm at, at Shay Van Hoy. My name S H E A V A N H O Y. Um, so I tweet about a lot of our stories and um, and about baseball and cats and music sometimes. So uh, I, mm -hmm. I'm like I, I'm the opposite of Brooke. I'm not really on Instagram. But I am like tweet. I'm on Twitter too much, probably. Honestly. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Uh, you can find me on um, Twitter at bflewdavid and on Instagram at dman three thousand one. And I'll be the uh, I'll be the kind of intermediary guy. I'm not on either all that much, but uh, <laughs> uh, but I do get on there. Like I'll post uh, I'll post stuff, uh, especially our content on Twitter. Uh, and then more personal content on uh, Instagram, but happy to have you follow me there. Um, that is all we have this week. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on popular services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Uh, thank you very much, Shay and Brooke, and thank you guys for listening at home. And we'll wrap it up here and see you next time. Bye. See y'all. Bye.